and welcome back. Uh, those of you that are joining me again, I think I have all the technical difficulties worked out. You may see here in the corners, I actually put live chat viewers on the screen here, so I shouldn't have an issue uh, telling whether you can hear me well or not. Um, give me a heads up if you can. If not, let's roll right into it. Uh, listener, Audio listeners, sorry for the annoyance there. We had some difficulties on the live version of the podcast. Um, but anyway, without further ado, let's get right into it. Those of you that watched earlier, I kind of talked about this before. I want to talk about New Year's, the end of the year. I want to go back and review 2020. Because this year has been something like unique, for lack of a better way of describing it, right? We talked about the Christmas star last week. And the significance of those alignments. And for some reason, energetically, I feel like this alignment is bringing about like a new beginning. It's the best way to describe it. It's, it feels like all the chaos that's ensued up until now is, is it comes before something new, Right? It's like the darkest before the dawn. That's what I feel is happening right here. Anyway, I'm probably not going to dwell on that too long right now, guys, because it threw me off a little bit <laughs> having to talk about it again. So let's just go ahead and listen to the uh, snippets that I pulled out for you. I pulled out a little audio snippet from my old podcast. It's called the Beer Goggles, po Beer Goggles Podcast. I started this about a year ago with some friends a little over a year ago and it precipitated this podcast now we did an episode on new year's and new year's resolutions and it's very interesting um when i went back and was listening to this episode uh listening to myself and and, and it brought me back to where i was at in that time frame it, it's like it rekindled that perspective something i had almost forgotten about and as I listened to it, I realized in a very weird way, I was enunciating exactly the year that I was about to have. I was outlining exactly the direction I was going, and I didn't even know where I was going. And I know that sounds weird, kind of confusing, but I'm going to try to play it and lay it out for you so that I can somewhat describe how these pro this process of self-discovery happens. It's so confusing so unique and individual to every, every single person. So it's like, hopefully through seeing how incoherent this process is, it'll help people open up to the prospect of it in some way. I digress. Without further ado, this is from the Beer Goggles podcast, and this is uh, a little over a year ago when I was talking about 2019, its effect on me, and what I wanted moving forward. Enjoy. It was one of the reasons I realized I had control over my anger was, you know, I got into a place where at a, at a high level, you have to go down to go up, and that might sound counterintuitive, but I'll kind of explain what I mean here in a second. There's a aspect to life. There's certain experiences in life, tests in life that you will only get to if you're at your lowest of low. There's certain like aspects to you you don't know about because you've never been there. 
You know what I mean? It's like it's like there's certain aspects that we would never know if you've never been in a combat situation or if it but it's it's like it's a deeper level. You know what I mean? It's like you if you've never tested yourself, you know, like like if you've never felt yourself be broken, you know what I mean? If you've never reached that point where you're absolutely utterly broken and you're like you don't know you 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 lose track of like uh, of your trajectory. And one thing I realized is the military, I had, you know, my experience in the military, uh, was, was not ideal. Right. And, and it wasn't, you know, combat related or anything like that. It was a lot of it was my own doing. Um, but you know, without getting too much in depth in that story, I ran away from what happened for a long time. Uh, it, basically that whole decade, this whole last decade, uh, you know what I mean? Of my life, I've been running away from something that I didn't realize I was running away from. And I think this is something, it's an experience that a lot of people are right in the middle of. Uh, and it's, there's something to looking your fears in the face. And because you learn that you have power over them when you do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? When you yeah. keep running from something, it has all the power and it kind of builds and grows in strength too. And that's partially when I was talking about my anger problem, where it was coming from is I was angry at my experience and I was angry at my lot in life. I was angry at, at where I was because I felt like I had done more and should deserve more. There's this egotistical side to it, right? And anybody that's in a dark place, the first place you should check is yourself. Look at yourself. You're probably a little bit too egotistical. You probably think a little bit too much of yourself. Because if you humble yourself, you'll realize there's a lot of things you're doing that is actually taking you down, that is actually putting you down that hole, you know? And, and one of the best ways to do that is figure out Ask yourself one question because most people never ask this question. What am I the most afraid of? What is the one thing you don't even want to look at? You're so terrified of it. You don't even want to look at it in the face. You can't, you can't even think about it. That thing is exactly what you need to be thinking about to solve whatever your deepest, darkest problem is. Whatever it is, it could be anything, but whatever you're the most afraid of, that's where the key lies. And it's hidden. It's hidden in all of the stories that we, that we see that we grew up with in Disney Channel and stuff. You know, a lot of people are signing up for Disney Plus. Go watch all the old movies because what you'll notice in there is there's this theme to it. And a lot of it is one of them is sacrifice. Like we were talking about earlier, there's something to realizing that if you want to move upward, you have to sacrifice the present for the future. This is very basic principle, right? And this, this appears in religions too, the sacrificial aspect. A lot of people get wrapped up in like the dying, the death aspect. It's not about that. It's symbolic. It's saying, Hey, I'm giving up something now that is extremely valuable to me for the at the, for the prospect that I'm going to be going up, right? That I'm going to be going, be making the world a better place. And so if you position yourself like that in a sacrificial position, you do kind of aim up naturally, right? But to do that, you have to, part of the way you aim up is to pick up the responsibility that you are not picking up. You know what I mean? If you want to find meaning in your life, you know, everybody looks in a job or looks to school or whatever to find meaning. No, the meaning is in the things you're not doing. <laughs> that you know you should be doing, you know, and, and that's the other question that people don't often ask themselves that you are forced to ask yourself when you're, if you're in that deep, dark place, you know, is, is, is what am I, what am I doing that is, that is, is, that is actively, I, I know that is actively keeping me down because most people, some people get so bad at that, that they are, they are actually just self-destructing themselves. They, they're, they're, they're cursing the world, blaming the world for things with, without realizing that they're the ones that's actively doing it. Like, you know what I mean? That they're the ones actively creating that hell for themselves. And a lot of times that's, that's, 
the thing that hides it from from you is that you don't want to go to the place where you're going to find the, the answer. It's in the deep, dark place. It's where the dragon hides. You have to go fight the <laughs> dragon first, man. You know, you gotta, you're not going to get any reward without any sacrifice. And that's hidden in all of our different, our Disney movies. And there's something to me, the one that resonated the most of me for some reason when I was a kid was the Lion King. And I think it's because there was a, there was something in the, in the, in the, in the character of, uh, Mufasa that, that I, I found that he's a hero, right? Mufasa is a hero, but it's a hero that loses, right? He dies, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, and he's, but he's like yeah. the perfect, he's the archetype of the perfect, like being, you know, and, and, but he dies and that there's something in that, that, that the world, it's what it's telling you is the world is not a fair place and it's doing it in the most subtle way. The, that, that Disney movie is gently telling kids, Hey, watch out. Cause you could be the perfect being and still die. You could be the perfect, you could do everything right and still met and still something, something evil can get you. You know what I mean? Cause there are evil things out there, you know? And, and that's, that's the, that's the aspect of life that we have to, we, I think as a generation and the generations coming after us, our kids, we really need to work on is, is instilling this sense of respect for life, the struggle of life, because it is not easy. And it was, it is the hardest thing, period. <laughs> You know what I mean? To survive. When we lose that because of our comfort. But what we are and what we do right now, like where we are is, is kind of an illusion. And, and the, the act of survival is just the, is, is remarkable. And we need to have more reverence for that, for the fight that we undertake every day. And there's a lot of people in the world that experience that fight actively that haven't escaped it yet, you know? But we, 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 Anyway, I went, there was a very long rant, but the, the, the point is that in general, if you're struggling, the, the first place you need to look is, is right inside yourself. Because I guarantee you, you are self-destructing in some way. You are doing something that is hurting you and, 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 and that is creating that hell around you. And, and you have power over it. You can do something about it. But you have to, you have to look in the dark place. You have to be heroic. And, there's, and that's, go pick up the fucking weight. Go be that, <laughs> go pick up the pull hammer. the sword from the stone. You know what I mean? Like, like go back uh, to, to the pride land. You know what I mean? Take that shit back. You know what I mean? That's, that's how you, that is the archetype for the path in life. The path you're supposed to walk. If you want to go up, go do the thing, you know, you want, you need to do, but you don't want to do that. And, and if, if we want to get even deeper and I don't mean to get religious, but if you want to, everybody has that voice inside their head. There's this voice that it doesn't tell you what to do. It tells you what not to do. It, and yeah, it, it warns you. Saying, yeah, if you're listening, it'll, there's a voice inside your head that it will tell you every single time you're about to fuck up. Like every single time you'll get this feeling, but you got to listen for it. You know what I mean? And, 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 but once you do, it's, it, there's this, there's this, there's this, it kind of illuminates this narrow path that you can walk through life where it, being becomes less, less, less of a suffering and more of a experience, more of an adventure. You know, and, 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 and th that's partially why the, 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 the kids stories that we are so wrapped up in are all it, it, the, at the base. They're an adventure. You know what I mean? Like, cause that's what life is. That's what it's supposed to be at the best level is an adventure. If something is this, 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 this unlimitless world of unknown that you can go pull order or pull chaos out of, but you're going to choose the order. You know what I mean? You're going to be the thing that makes like pushes the ball a little higher, you know? And, and, and I think in terms of new year's resolutions, I want to be, I, I think the way you do that in the world is to work on yourself. And so I'm, I, one of them is anger. 
you know, and that's one of them that, that I've, I've, I've been actively working on. The way to fix it, I think, for, for me was looking at my past and figuring out what I was angry about. Cause I wasn't angry about the things I was getting actively angry about in the moment. I was something else. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I had to it fix that. It is a that. weird circle. Yeah. Yeah. You can freak out whatnot. And then you realize, yeah, like, why did I do this? And like, you realize it's something completely not mm-hmm. even closely related to that. But it's just happening to that moment. That's when it happened to come out and use to mm-hmm. attack that, attack that position. No, yeah. I want to be more disciplined. That's the second part. Um, is, is I think discipline is, is something that I've, I've lacked since I left the military because of my experience. I kind of rebelled a little bit in a sense, you know, I went the whole Harley Davidson bar route right after I got out of the military, you know, and, uh, and it didn't serve me well, you know, it was a good experience in, in a sense, like I experienced a part of the world that I had never been in before, but at the same time, uh, it, you know, I, I was running from something, right? So it was, oh, yeah. and, and it's, it was it's discipline just that balance, in some sense Cause yeah, you want yeah. discipline, but you want. All right, guys. (laughs) Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that little snippet. As you can tell, I got a little emotional in the middle of that. Um, And it's hard to figure out the reason why. And that's what I'm going to try to go through now. But hearing myself from a year ago and hearing the things I was talking about, hearing what I was setting out for myself as goals without knowing what was about to come. The fucking year that was about to happen. That I didn't see the way that this year was going to pull me apart at the seams. I didn't see truly how much those resolutions were going to be tested. Do you really want them? Do you really want change? Or do you want the same thing you've always had? Comfort, security, recognition, things the ego is based in and built out of. I was having a realization in that moment that I didn't want that. But in recognizing that, I had to also recognize there was a necessity for sacrifice. Thus the Lion King. I had to be willing and ready to know that even if I did everything right, even if I approached that way, that path, with all of my intent, I could still fail. It's hard to define what success is. Because anyone sitting here watching this right now, I'm obviously not the top of the YouTube food chain. (laughs) From an objective point of view, an external point of view, there's not much success in terms of wealth, recognition, those kind of things. Do I want those things? Absolutely. But (laughs) that wasn't what I was looking for from the start. What this podcast was, was essentially the kernelization of that 10-minute little snippet I showed you. That that little 10-minute snippet was the first time I realized, you, you have to do something here. You have to do something different. You can't keep going down the path you've been going. You can't keep doing the same things other people are doing. 
There's something inside of me that was begging to get out. And you can hear it in that. You can hear this energy, this suppression of my true soul, of who I am. That was just begging to be let out. And the reason I think I get so emotional is because what has happened for me over the last year with the struggle and with the suffering is something like that. Like finally letting who I am come into being. Does it come with recognition and money and pay and all that shit? Absolutely not. Is that what I was looking for for the beginning? There's faith that's required in anything you do that's dangerous, that's unique, that's novel. To speak truth into being takes risk, it takes sacrifice. It takes sacrificing the idea of you at the altar of your ego. I'm more willing to reap the negative consequences of acting against my ego than to suppress the truth that's within me. Something like that. This last week has been exceedingly difficult for me and exceedingly emotional because it's been testing my faith. My faith in that what I'm doing is the right way. My faith that to act on my truth that I will be provided for in some way. That to speak my truth into being is precisely what will call it, call what I need towards me. Does that make sense? But trying to go about creating anything novel by planning it, by saying I would like these external factors to be included in what I'm creating from the outset, you automatically corrupt the thing you're creating. It seeps in. The more you allow your motivations to switch from internal to external, the further away from each purpose you get. The more confused and wrapped in your ego you become. The more you rely on vice. The more you rely on other people's opinions of the world. You incorporate those into yourself. Instead of allowing yourself to experience the world freely and truly, to speak that into being. This year has been a process of testing that in myself. A documentation of that process in the podcast. Hopefully, with the purpose, if nothing else, of enlightening myself. At a larger scale, hopefully, helping other people do the same. Right? But that there's a necessity for this process to come out of the shadows. It's been kept, it's been kept locked away. The process through which true human, tr- true truth comes into being is like something like the most painful thing you could possibly go through. Existentially painful. It's outlined in a lot of the religious doctrines and teachings and stories. The sacrifice that many of these people had to make 
to fulfill their purpose. There's a, uh, you know, the Christmas star in this time of year, Christmas itself, is traditionally religiously celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. The story of the three wise men, as we went into last week, venturing out into the desert, following the lone star that appeared seemingly out of nowhere, leading them to a lowly manger. where they find the savior of humanity. Christmas is a celebration of the birth of the savior. But it's deeper than that. It's also a celebration of the individuals that became that allowed the savior to become into being. I think in a weird way that's really what it's about. We often glaze over the figure of Mary and Joseph. Specifically Mary. I think in today's modern context, the figure of Mary is something like the idol we need. The idol femininity needs. True femininity embodied. The love of a, of a mother, the unconditional love of a mother. The strength that comes with that is something that can't be beaten. It's like the modern woman has confused herself with the attributes of the modern man. Something like the modern woman yearning to be as strong and powerful in a physical sense or whatever it is as a man. The sadness in that not recognizing the unique strength within the feminine being that is unique to man that doesn't exist in man the love of a mother and the strength that comes from that that's unique something like the most fundamental strength you can have strength out of love I kind of want to go over the story of the Immaculate Conception here and I'm switch your uh, switch your view there so you can see what I'm looking at here, um, but I want to go over the story of the Immaculate Conception and I don't have like a Bible pulled up here to like read it specifically, but I'm going to kind of paraphrase it for you and then go over kind of uh, the Wikipedia pages here and try to pull out some meaning because I think there's deep meaning in the figure of Mary and the struggle through which and the struggle her and Joseph went through in this process. Mary was considered a, she was a young woman. She was unmarried. And in those times, a woman who was unmarried, who became pregnant, could be and usually was sentenced to death. The consequences were grave, the most extreme, life. In the, in the story of the Immaculate Conception, Mary is visited by the angel Gabriel one night while she's sleeping. And she's told by Gabriel that God is going to bless her with a child. And that that child will be the savior of humanity. He also tells her 
that she'll be rejected, that she's going to go through a lot of pain and suffering. She doubts him. She doubts whether she's worthy of that kind of a burden. But in a humble way, something like that. She protests, yet she accepts her responsibility. Yes, she voices her fear in the story, but she doesn't refuse what she's being asked. And that's strength. That that woman had to recognize in that time frame that if she appeared pregnant without being married, that was a, life, that was a death sentence. That what she was being asked was to risk her life. And that in turn, Joseph, who at, at this time, I don't know if she wasn't married, but was kind of betrothed to her in some way. Um, there was an aspect in which he would, he would be punished as well socially. That being tied to Mary in that way, the perception of a moral degradation in that individual was tied to both of them so that that Joseph had allowed, you know, Mary to become corrupted in some way. It was kind of the ancient idea of it or something. So that not only was Mary tied to the responsibility of birthing and raising the Savior, but Joseph himself, even though he wasn't carrying the burden physically, was carrying a much different burden. A burden to go against everything that he's been taught. That that was a moral thing that they thought back then. That there was a moral judgment being placed on individuals that had slept with one another, or, or uh, not the way, right way to put it, but bore a child out of wedlock. That Joseph in himself had to test himself. That he didn't see Gabriel. That he had this, this, this woman whom he's in love with comes to him, says, I'm going to have a baby. I've been visited by the angel Gabriel, and this is what's going to happen. Imagine somebody coming up to you and saying that. Somebody you love. Somebody you trust. Somebody you know isn't cuckoo. <laughs> right? What does that inspire inside of you? It's a challenge of sorts. It's a faith-based challenge. That if I remember right, Joseph was also visited. I don't remember specifically by which angel it may have been Virgil or Gabriel I can't remember exactly which one but there's a way in which the path that you're asked to walk the way is always risky that in order to birth the savior of humanity into being Mary had to risk her entire life, her reputation, her means of living, period. But she did it. Acting on that, acting in the face of destruction with truth, that's like divinity acting through the human being. That is the divine aspect of the human being. It's the most beautiful thing you can see is somebody willing to sacrifice all that they are for what they believe in. 
Not only did Mary have to birth that being into existence, she knew he was going to be sacrificed for the sins of humanity. And she walked willingly into that. She bore that burden to know that the child which she birthed, that she went through all this pain and suffering for, was going to be slaughtered by the human beings that he was supposed to save. And that she was going to have to be there to witness it. That her life, essentially, as it was laid out by the angel Gabriel, was something like unending suffering. And she took that burden on. And she loved her son regardless of the consequences. And she stood by him all the way up until the end. And she was there with him through the transition from this life to the next. And in doing that, Mary became the eternal figure of the mother, the divine mother. Femininity, the strength of femininity in its ideal form, embodied. Whether you believe in the Immaculate Conception or not doesn't matter. The purpose of those stories is to show you that individuals and human beings are capable of that kind of divine action. They're capable of bearing burdens that seem impossible. And they're capable of something like faith, which is a weird thing. Belief in something you don't have proof of. Faith is a weird thing. In my own way, I've been acting on my own faith through this podcast. I've been trying to apply those things I was talking about in that little snippet actively and to document it to see how it works out. Not only that, but to be able to go back and understand the progression at a deeper level, to be able to watch the progression in retrospect. One of the reasons that was so emotional for me. Because where I'm sitting now, it may not seem like it from your perspective or for an external perspective, but it's something like I feel like I've awakened through this process. I've come to a certain type of acceptance over the last couple weeks. Through the stress of feeling the pressure to go and get that same career, get that same lifestyle that I so desire that everybody seems to have around me, to go chase that too, to have faith that the purpose I've been acting on, the purpose I set out, is still true, regardless of the external proof of that.
And while I say I feel like I've come to this, this realization, I've come to this realization before, over and over again. Yet I retreat back internally and run, kind of uh, allow myself to second guess, <laughs> you know, am I doing the right thing? But what I've realized is that what's happened, and I didn't even intend this, I didn't intend this to happen, but my purpose in this world, what gives me enjoyment, what gives me fulfillment, what I'm interested in, now aligns with what I believe in. They're the same thing. So that if I don't have a choice but to act anymore, As I was talking to my mom the other day, I was telling her that when I think about going and doing anything else besides exactly what I'm doing right now with you, you folks, I feel like I'm lying to myself. And that's a weird feeling. Because I haven't felt that before now. Or maybe I have, but I wasn't recognizing that dishonesty properly. That in many ways, it's not just the figure of Mary isn't only a figurehead for femininity itself. She's a she's an idol for all of us. The process of birthing something into existence is something we all must take on at some point, or we should. If we want to create anything novel, you have to embody the spirit of Mary. You have to go out into the world that has no recognition or acknowledgement of whatever you believe in. And you have to act as if it's that way anyway. Regardless of this pain and suffering it causes you. And that formula, that action, you acting on that, is the active form of faith. It's like the verb faith. Not only do you demonstrate to yourself when you act on what you believe in, that what you believe in is the truth, you show it to other people too. Just think about it. It's like, why is that person so confident in the direction they're going? They don't have any examples of why it would be, <laughs> why it would be a good direction to go. Yet they're still going balls to the wall down that that road. Why, right? Well, they believe. They believe in their ability to birth something into existence. They also recognize that they are the thing that creates that, that creates novelty. So that the world can't tell you what new is going to come next. It can't, it can't fill in what is novel for you. You're never going to get the best idea by looking at another idea, I don't think, at least. By trying to pull apart somebody else's idea. By being a critic in some way. That novelty comes through you 
expressing your own individuality and identity. And that is unique by nature. You don't have to make it that way, <laughs> you know? There's a divine love that Mary represents, and you can see it in all of these images here. Let me look up another one. Apologies for all the stoppage, like the delays tonight, guys, but I'm a little out of sorts, I guess. I'm overly emotional, overly stressed. I've been depressed. I feel overburdened. And I'm trying my best to kind of relay that to you guys because I feel like it's important in some way. But I am struggling to connect this tonight. I want to... I'm probably going to end this early, guys, and I apologize for that, but I'm hitting a wall here today and I don't want to try to push or press too too hard in this podcast ever I feel like I'm starting to do that here so what I'm going to do is read you a quote that kind of made me want to come on here and talk to you today and I'm just going to leave it there and I'm going to sleep on it and then come back and we'll see what comes of it tomorrow this is called The Laughing Heart by Charles Bukowski your life is your life. Don't let it be clubbed into dank submission. Be on the watch. There are ways out. There is light somewhere. It may not be much light, but it beats the darkness. Be on the watch. The gods will offer you chances. Know them. Take them. You can't beat death, but you can beat death and life. Sometimes. And the more often you learn to do it, the more light there will be. Your life is your life. Know it while you have it. You are marvelous. The gods wait to delight in you. And it's by Charles Bukowski. Charles, that, that, is, a, that is a confounding passage to come out of a figure like Charles Bukowski. Because Charles Bukowski is, is philosophically... He was a thinker that was kind of, he had this darkness that he was fighting his entire life. He, he speaks in a lot of his writings about addiction, about struggling with, with uh, insecurity, uh, self-doubt, and isolation. He was something of a, a hermit, right? He was single most of his life. An alcoholic. 
Somebody that, when you try to find a, when you read most of his work, you don't get this kind of message coming from it. You get something like depression, heaviness. But when I read this, it's something like, I don't know. I think this is something like the realization you have after denying yourself the pleasure you deserve. Something like that. It's it's like a It's something like Charles Bukowski in this in this passage is realizing that he has been the thing his entire life that's kept him from light and love and satisfaction. That's something you can realize yourself too. If you go into those dark places enough, you'll realize very quickly that you're the thing that holds you back every single time. Nobody else does that for you. You do that. (laughs) Yet you don't want to admit that ever. Nobody does. Hence the struggle with alcohol, right? Hence the struggles with running away from yourself. I hope you guys enjoyed this little snippet. And apologies for the, uh, the quick end here. But like I said, I'm a little out of sorts. And I thought it was important to get on here and and talk to you while I was in this frame of mind. In some way to demonstrate how crazy I feel most of the time. And with that, guys, that's the Unfounded Podcast. I don't mean to leave it on such a dark note. But I hope you're doing well out there. And I will be back on here soon, once I have a chance to kind of regather my thoughts. (laughs) But thank you for tuning in, and sorry for the technical difficulties. I will be back at it very soon. Lots of love, guys. Bye-bye.